Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. We welcome you to today's show. All right, hello, and welcome to episode 23. I love your intros, man. They're the same, aren't they? It always starts with, all right, here we are. It's revving me up to go for the whole yeah, episode. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. You're, you're in the groove. Thanks, fella. Well, episode 23, pretty cool. We're pre- and we're, we're back into the groove ourselves. Yeah, this, this, is, this is the third week in a row. Third week in a we row. We are killing it and right I, now. And I, and I hope that the mountains of people that listen to us every week... Are appreciating it. ...are appreciating that we've, we've had our sabbatical yeah and now we're back into it with full force we are yeah and we are flowing on from our episode in number 22 number 22 yeah yeah. yeah. we had a great conversation about the next generation we did um i enjoyed it i actually listened to it in the car on the way home (laughs) after we posted i thought you know what that was pretty insightful well you know in that episode let's be fair you you were trying to downplay the you know our expertise expertise (laughs) and, and and look we don't have a degree in it, no. but we have a degree of life in it. And so, I, I think you're a bit harsh on us there, mate. Oh, well, you know, it's better than being uh, too up ourselves. I don't want to call us experts too soon, you know? Well, I never call myself an expert, but <laughs> nor am I going to downplay the experience that God's given me. But anyway, hopefully, if you're listening in today, you've already listened to the previous episode because we're kind of flowing on from that. We, we were are. T- we were talking with the next generation about how what they need more than anything is someone that's going to give them a go. Yep. Someone that's going to say to them, we see value in you and we think that you could be used by God to do incredible things. Mm-hmm. And with that, we want to talk today about the theme. Uh, as leaders, how do we let um, our desires go? How do we let go of what we do to empower uh, the people that are coming up behind us? Well, I, I think that every leader mm. would say that they would want to see people gifted and using their gifts within the life of the church. Where the stumbling block is, I think, for that is that not too many leaders are prepared to pay the price to get people to that position. Mm. If they come fully formed and they've been formed in business or in life in some other way, then they're happy to take them on. But to actually get them from someone who's young and green and uh, doesn't have too much experience at all, up to a point where they are they are good and they are efficient mm. and they're growing and and you can be confident in what they're doing. Yeah. Not too many ministers or, or leaders are prepared to pay that price. Well, let's be real. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's because, why. Yeah. Because when, when we do it as leaders, if, if I need to worship lead or if I need to pray for someone, it's automatic because my experiences have allowed me to be automatic about it. It just becomes naturally... But when you have to allow someone else to do it, all of a sudden you realize this is like pulling teeth. This this is exhausting because this person hasn't had as much experience as me. That's right. Which and means you're starting from from square one. Yeah, but how did you and I get experience? Someone gave me a go. You gave me a go. I gave you a go. <laughs> and someone gave me a go. And and uh, and that's how I, I gained in confidence. I think the struggle is, you know, just as you're speaking, is that we... When you start to say to people, hey, um, I think you're gifted in this area. I think God can use you in this area. I want to train you up. You get all the fears and the insecurities start to come to the surface. And not only are you uh, battling their talent, but you're also battling their personality, Mm -hmm. their fears, 
and and you go, man, is this worth it? Like yeah. it's just exhausting, and I think that's where a lot of leaders struggle because mm. it is just so much easier to go and do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's so much easier to go. You know what? I'll 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 do that prayer ministry. Mm. I'll I'll. Um, I'll lead worship. I, I will go and do this. I mean, I, I, I caught myself out yesterday. I was sitting there going, uh, I, I want to revamp the graphics, the pre-service graphics at the church mm. that I'm at. And um, I teed someone up to help me do it, but I was in the mood. I wanted to do it. And I'm thinking, hang on, I'm not taking anybody with me with this. Yeah, I'm yeah. just investing my time in it. But I, I'm not taking anyone, and they're working, and there's, you know, I'd have to do it at night time and things like that, or I'd have to have a dialogue mm. some way, and so the communication gets hard, and and I go, oh Barry, what are you doing? So you catch yourself all the yeah, time yeah. because it just takes more energy. Yeah, uh, I think from what I've experienced is that it takes a different mindset as a leader to decide that I'm going to invest in other people. Because I think you can be a leader and have great intentions to be the best leader you can be. And just forget about other people. You can you can remember that you're there to pastor for them, to care for them, to love them. But we forget that we're there to disciple them as well. And maybe uh, we can get fooled because they come to our Bible study and they're hearing the word and they're responding to it. But we forget that God has empowered them as much as they've empowered us to be a ministry of some capacity. They, they have. I mean, yeah. God calls, uh, you know everyone to use their gifts and skills for the glory of his name we have the, you know in the protestant church we have the priesthood of all believers understanding mm. that we that we all have a ministry that we all have a gift and and ephesians is really big on that um but um but to actually step into it and do it it doesn't matter if you're in a, a relatively large church or mm. like you 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 get a relatively small church but it's growing which is fantastic yeah um uh, you have to have that mindset of investing mm. heavily into it. Now, I've started reading with my leaders a book called Growing Young. Mm. And um, and as a part of what I'm doing in my new churches, I'm going to work through books with um, my leadership team. And the very first chapter talks about uh, key change leaders. Mm. which are, And the story that they use is that there's a young man in the church and and people encourage him to get into ministry and 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 they have to give him a key to the premises mm. for him to be involved. And and it's the story of him explaining what that meant to him and giving him authority, giving mm. him access, and and how we've got to um, allow ourselves to continue to give people keys to ministry, yeah, wow. keys to buildings, keys to things, so that they can feel empowered and move forward. Mm, mm, that's great. And, and there's an, I could, I'm just picturing the church already trying to give this key to a young person. There's a risk involved. There, yeah. There's some serious fear. Are they going to screw up? What are they going to do? And I think there's always a bit of fear when it comes to empowering someone else because you don't know um, how they're going to go. You give someone a preaching spot and you might have coached them for weeks and weeks and weeks on this sermon. They might get up there on Sunday and they might just do something completely different and they can bomb badly yeah yeah and And somehow we have to allow them to do that and i know my first few sermons were dreadful i don't remember them nor do i (laughs) i don't want to remember them (laughs) but my my first one was dreadful too i remember my first one oh really and i remember the topic nobody had taught me how to preach oh dear nobody given me any kind of system to work (laughs) in the preach they said just barry give it a go (laughs) give it a crack and and and, uh, (laughs) 
And look, nobody taught me that there was actually a structure to preaching after I've been preaching for five, six years. Mm, wow. You know, and all of, I was wondering why I wasn't engaging people mm. because I, I was just going, oh, good God, give me what you want to give me. And I was blundering through it. Yeah. But and then that's why when I teach people to preach now, I said, this is the structure you're starting with. And if you nail this structure, then you'll have the graces to be able to move on to Mm. different styles of preaching. But but, um, everybody who preaches the first time preaches lousy. Mm. Yeah. They're they're anxious. They're fearful. uh, uh, Even though I, I help them pull apart the scriptures... They don't have a great depth there, even if they've read a lot of it and are quite theological. They don't know how to articulate that well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my response to everyone who preaches first, because they always ask me, and I've I've birthed quite a few preachers, is how did I go? And my answer is always the same. Mm. For your first one, that was brilliant. Which is equally encouraging and also <laughs> frightening, because I remember for the first few that you told me, you know, for your first few times, that's okay. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, it means it, it means that you got a long way to go, but you did okay. Yeah. Um, considering where you're at, and and that's the thing, isn't it? That that you've got you can't you can't critique a, a first time user of their gifts mm. against yourself or yeah, against other wow. people. You just can't do it. Mm. You got to say this was your first swim in the pool. Yeah. Okay. You are not going to be swimming like an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah, that's good. The first time you get up and sing, you are not going to sing like an opera star. Mm. You need training, you need dedication, you need to work on it. Um, But what I want to see happen is that that God does something inside them to engage them to say, you know what, I think God might be able to use me in this area. Yeah, yeah. And and if that is the first step, Mm. then I'm happy with that. That's great. Mm. You know, and... And I don't want to see anyone fail, and so that's why you you give them structure. You 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 stand up and and, f- and fill in for them. I, I I remember a couple of people who preached for the first time. I'll get up at the end, yeah. and I, and I would reiterate the points yeah. that they were trying to make. <laughs> yeah, cool. You know, just to uh, uh, encourage the people who are listening. Mm. And you've also got to te- teach your church that yeah. it's okay for people to give it a go yeah that's important i think you gotta you know you could be a really welcoming leader you could be a great pastor but if your church is prickly and 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 uh and spiteful then that's a really bad environment for your new person to be in so you do need to kind of teach and coach and i've found a great way to do that is even just at the beginning of the service even before they get up to really make it really clear this is someone new and let's give them a round of applause. This is exciting. Yeah. Because you know what? I bet you, you find preaching scary and they do too. <laughs> That's right. Let's get them up and let's encourage. And it just reminds them again that this isn't an experienced preacher. This isn't someone who's come from another church. This is someone that's from our church that's learning. And yeah, I think and we do need to prepare our crowd for that. Yeah, And it's not just preaching and upfront stuff, but it's behind stuff as well. Mm. I mean, I remember... I was giving someone an opportunity to do ministry and I had all these people going, oh, it wasn't cleaned up properly or it wasn't this properly or it wasn't this properly. I said, hang on a minute. This is their first go. And sure, I can talk to them about Mm. this stuff, but don't get on their case about it. Just be excited that they're wanting to give it a go. They're not going to do it how you want to do it. They're not going to do it how I want to do it. They're working out how they can do it like Mm. God is calling them to do it. Mm. And so we've got to give them grace and we've got to give them opportunity. And... It is all those issues that make it really hard for a leader 
to get to let go and let other people take mm. the reins. Yeah. Because they won't do it as well. They won't do it as efficiently. You have to invest time, not in just preparing them and helping them through their fears and their anxiety, but mopping up afterwards <clears throat> when they don't do it like everybody else should do it. Mm. But I've got to keep on reminding people, everyone stepped into a role green yeah. at some stage or another. Yeah. And someone had the graces and the gifts to hand them over. Mm. I was talking to someone from my church about uh, musicians and, and she said, well... How she got involved was her auntie used to play the organ in church and she as a 13-year-old, her auntie invited her to play keyboard with her. Wow. And as she grew more confident, her auntie let her take over more wow. of the introductions and more of the main um, the main playing of it yeah. as she developed. That's and, great. and it's a great apprenticeship model. Yeah, yeah. And she said, my, my auntie covered me. Yeah. for all my mistakes mm. until I was confident enough to do it myself. That's incredible. But that would have been a two, three-year process. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't reckon that she would have felt confident enough to play all four songs in a church service, 16, 17, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And she started when she was 13. Wow. And, and that's the investment that I, I think that a lot of leaders struggle mm. to embody. Yeah, yeah. Is... Am I going to give this a three, four-year period? And that's probably the greatest piece of advice that we can give our listeners today is that, one, you got to do it. you got to invest in people. But also, it takes time. So be ready at the beginning, at the first opportunity that you give them, that this is going to be a journey that could span on for a very long time. And and, and so one of the one of the issues is is that you've got to make space for that time. Yeah. And if, and if you're already a, a leader overworked, mm. this is... You thinking well? How how do I squeeze this in? Mm. How, how do I make this happen? And uh, and I can understand why leaders go. I, I just I don't have the energy or mm. the time to slot it in. So, what advice would you give to people, Geordie, that would would um, help them if they don't feel like they've got the energy and the time to invest this way? Well. I don't want to be cheeky, but if you don't have enough time, maybe you don't have enough people serving ready in your church. <laughs> maybe. And so my, my response to that, and even in a small church of my own, I feel overworked sometimes and think, oh my goodness, I don't have a spare minute this week and I'm only part-time, you know? Um, but I think it's important that we prioritize the important things above the unimportant things. And I would say investing in other people is a long-term investment in both your well-being and their well-being. Because if you can invest into someone else, all of a sudden, once they get up to speed and they can really exercise their gifts well, your job is less. But it takes time to get them there. So I think if, if you're feeling overworked and you're feeling stressed out, that's okay. But I think you've got to shift out those things that aren't important and focus on what are important. And what I think isn't the most important thing that you can do as a leader is not just love and care for your congregation, but empower them to use the gifts and skills that God has given them in their everyday life and in the ministry of the church. I think that would be the golden thing. And we have to prioritize that because if we don't, we're going to be tired. We're going to be doing all the work. And as people get older, as people move on, you're the one that stays there doing everything that other people should be empowered to do as well. And when people aren't using their gifts, they're bored. Yeah, they'll leave. and Or, or, or they'll just sit and warm a pew. Mm. 
and um, and won't engage in any great depth. Mm. And and I think you're right. It's going to be one of the large rocks we put in our jar of time yeah. that uh, need to go in first. Mm. So the rest of it. And this is this. I mean, I saw this in Gaula when I was there. I mean, I invested heavily in you and and a few others. And and I started off with Josh, uh, who's yeah. the youth pastor there now. And 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 I invested into him, and and I saw him then take the investment that I did into him, and then v- invest it into the next generation yeah, below yeah. him as well. And all of a sudden, I wasn't investing in a whole group of people. I was mm. just sitting back and watching Josh go to work, and he does it different to me. He's a totally different personality, mm. different cat altogether. But he used the principle of even though I'm the youth pastor, it's not my sole job. Mm to disciple youth and it's not my sole uh, role to do this I've got to teach other people how to do this and then you start to embed uh, embody multiplication yeah. in your ministry and that's when you find yourself freeing up with time to think and pray and do other things with your time well that's it as a leader we're, we're supposed to be the visionary we're to be looking you know years down the track saying this is where we're going but if we're stuck in the everyday, we can't do that. Mm. We've got to empower people. And I think that the example of Josh is a good one because uh, you discipled him, he discipled someone else. We want disciple-making disciples That's right. in our church. And it starts with us. We have to take someone under our wing and say, I see potential in you. And maybe if you've listened to our past episode, maybe it does need to be someone that is far younger than you. It's look at your youth group, look at your young adults and say, yep. I see value in you. And I think that you could be used by God in amazing ways. Because when we pitch yep. that vision, I believe people get on board and then we need to be the leaders and say, I have the time to invest into you as well. You know, when I got to Gaula, I had two musicians and they were both organists. <laughs> and I wanted to start a contemporary service. Yeah. And um, and so I just said, God, you got to bring me a musician. Mm. And way before he was the youth pastor, that was Josh. Yeah. He came. And and I said, well, Josh, if if we're going to, if we're going to have a full band, mm. we're going to have to continue to pray people in, but we're going to have to develop people. Yeah. And Josh took that to heart, and he has sown, I reckon, a good six years into developing mm. young people and their musical talent. Yeah. And now the youth have a band, the evening service has a band, mm. um, they're growing people in the talent, mm. and and I've done none of it. Yeah, wow. You know, I, I sowed the seed... Yeah. And and I encouraged it, and and I made a way uh, if things got difficult. Mm. But I didn't do any of that investment. That was all yeah, him. Wow. And and the church is now, I think, musically rich mm. um, because of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a phenomenal uh, testament to what God can do with leaders that are open to yep. discipling people. So if you're listening in today, I want to encourage you that you got to let go of of what you think is most important and, and add in the most important thing which is being faithful to God and empowering the people in your church and I'll, I'll, I want to throw in a challenge if that's do it do it I reckon if, if you're a, you know you're a leader in a church and you see a major deficit mm. within the life of your church that's what I saw when I went to Gaula yeah. with the music um, I, I want you to ask God to fill that deficit yeah, but then good. I then I want you to develop and develop and develop. Mm. You know, I, I want you to um, sow energy into that area, mm. but not saying that you have to do it forever. But sow in it, so it develops to the point where it becomes self-replicating. Yeah, and where um, 
where you've developed someone and then they develop someone and go on. And you will find, it will take you six years, but you will find Mm. that that ministry hole will be filled in a six-year period if you spend a little bit of time on the front end Mm. and then you can release it on the back end. That's good. That's exciting. I hope that you're excited listening and I'm excited. I feel pumped. I'm ready. (laughs) Let's go to work today because God is good and amazing things can happen. You know, I was reading a scripture this morning, uh, the the little bit that says, you know... um, knock and the door will be answered yeah. seek and you will find ask yeah. for whatever you want and, yeah. and and god just stirred me he said barry you gotta ask yeah wow and and but don't just ask and expect god to bring fully developed people yeah. ask and, and and then develop 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 and yeah. release yep. wow wow hope you're encouraged i'm encouraged uh let's go into our churches this week whenever it might be for you and let's invest into people so that we can make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And and be prepared to let it go. Yeah. And to let it get messy for the sake of the kingdom. Mm. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll uh, catch you again uh, really soon. All right. Take care, people. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net. And you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.